Welcome to Schick Talk, the Swine Health Information Center's podcast. I'm Barb Detterman, the host for today, and we're very happy to welcome two very talented researchers who have been working on a novel virus that has been discovered in North America. Dr. Gangwoo Lee, who is Associate Professor at Iowa State, and Dr. Bailey Arruda, who was a diagnostic pathologist at Iowa State's veterinary lab, but now has joined the USDA in the National Animal Disease Center. Welcome to both of you to our podcast. Dr. Aruda, would you like to explain to us, first of all, what was it that you discovered and let Dr. Lee jump in and fill in the gaps on this for us? Sure. So in collaboration with Dr. Lee, we discovered a new morbillivirus virus in swine that was a putative cause or an assumed cause of reproductive failure in a herd that was located in northern Mexico. So this is the first report of a morbillivirus naturally infecting swine, but more importantly, it also looked like it was causing disease in the herd in which it was detected. So Dr. Lee, how did you come upon this virus and how did this research even start? We received this case from Dr. Aruda. So uh, they had a case like uh, didn't find any known uh, pathogens and uh, a case with this fetal death and stillbirth. So we did the next generation sequencing. We found many, many areas, but the, the bacteria, we didn't find the very significant pathogen of bacteria. We didn't find the a significant pathogen of fungi. We found a normal virus may belong to the morbidity virus. Dr. Ruda, what is new about this virus and why is it important to uh, producers and their veterinarians? So we know of no previous cases in which a morbidity virus has naturally infected swine. But again, in this case, the farm reported 18% mummies and stillborns. And so they submitted six litters for a diagnostic investigation. And in that diagnostic investigation, uh, there was encephalitis in the stillborns, and there was mummified fetuses, and there was detection of this novel virus by PCR, by next generation sequencing, as well as an in situ assay. So what in situ assays do is really detect the agent you're going after in a lesion. And so when you do that, you come very close to causation. The producer was seeing increased mummies and stillborns and they didn't have an answer as to why they were seeing that. So they submitted litters of stillborns and and mummified fetuses to the diagnostic lab in hopes of finding a cause. During this process, there were lesions that I could not attribute to known swine pathogens. One of those lesions was uh, what we call a viral inclusion within cells within the brains of these stillborns. And so based upon the fact that there was inflammation in the brain, there were viral inclusions, I sent samples off to Ganwu for him to sequence and tell me what was there. So, so Dr. Lee, in getting this information, I know that the section that you're in charge of does the next generation sequencing, you said, right? Yes. So by looking at these samples that Dr. Aruda sent, was that how you detected this new virus then? Yes, we did the next generation sequencing. We stepped this method to search for normal pathogens. So we 
prepared both DNA and RNA sequence library. Then we sequence this library on the Illumina MySeq. We found many, many rays, and we didn't find significant pathogen bacteria. We didn't find a significant pathogen fungi. We classify each reads into uh, like this bacteria, fungi, and the virus, and fold it into different species, genes, and the families. And we use two different programs. One is based on the nucleotide sequence. One is, is based on the amino-ace sequence. So uh, these old reads were classified into bacteria, fungi, and virus. So we, we formed 23% of total reads belong to the virus. And about 91% of total viral reads belong to uh, mobility virus. We know by going through all these steps and all the process that you went through, then you realized it was new and it belonged to that family of the viruses, right? Just a really high level question here. You know, how important is this to producers to be able to identify a new strain or a new virus or a new sequence? How does that come into play for me as a producer? You know, is that important for you to be able to do that? I think in many ways, the U.S. wine industry uh, is lucky to have access to full service diagnostic labs that allow multiple diagnostic methods to be used concurrently. So for instance, in this situation, we were able to use pathology to find the lesions, PCRs to rule out known swine pathogens, and the next generation sequencing to identify something new. And this access and the ability to develop and validate new diagnostics for newly detected viruses and bacteria is paramount as we cannot fight something well without first understanding it. And diagnostics allow you to understand it, how it moves through an individual and a population. Dr. Lee, do you have anything to add to that part of it? as far as why this is important for a producer to be able to have this service? Yeah, identification of the no virus, I think it will benefit the, the swine producer in the United States because we improve the fast detection and the timely response to future possible outbreaks in the United States, yeah. That, that makes sense. By having these uh, diagnostics available to us in the industry, we're going to identify it much faster and be able to know what we're working with then. As a producer, and they see this new virus, they're not gonna know what it is. What could they be looking for when they're looking for new viruses or new things that are hitting their herd? Well, I guess to date, we have very limited information on what this virus can do in pigs at various production stages. In the breeding herd in which it was detected, infection resulted in reproductive failure in at least a subset of infected animals. However, uh, there are other swine pathogens that are currently circulating in the U.S. swine herd that result in similar signs. PERS, PCV2, porcine parvovirus, all of those can result in reproductive signs. So ruling those pathogens out first through diagnostics would be essential. In other species, morbillia viruses cause vomiting and diarrhea, as well as respiratory signs. They can also cause immunosuppression leading to secondary bacterial infections. I'm not sure that there is one way to go and say, oh, you certainly have this virus. I think it's going to be being observant, doing diagnostics, and when you don't find an answer, pursuing NGS or, or additional methods to identify the cause of your, of your clinical signs. One thing I think we need to make clear is 
this virus that you folks discovered in the lab and worked through came from Mexico, right? These litters yes. were born in Mexico. So this has not been present in the U.S. herd. This is just yes. something that you were able to get a hold of to be able to identify it from there. I will listen to what Dr. Lee's opinion is as well, but I would speculate that it is not currently circulating in the U.S. swine population, but we don't know that for sure. And some level or number of samples would have to be assayed to get a level of confidence in that assumption that it's not circulating. Dr. Lee? So this is why we applied for funding from Swine Health Information Center to detect at least 500 samples from reproduction failure cases in the United States to see if this virus is circulating in the United States or not. Very good. And I think this is one of the things that probably some of our listeners may not understand is that swine health information, part of their mission is to keep their eyes on everything throughout the world and make sure if when there's something new to be detected to uh, go ahead and, and find out what it is and go accordingly. It's not unusual for Schick to get this kind of information and work with researchers to get to the bottom of it to find out what something is. The cases that you studied, the, the fetuses that you obtained were from Mexico, but that you were also able, once you got through that information and identified this new virus, you were able to get that information out to practitioners so that they know if they see something new, coming for more diagnostics is an important step. Yes, that's the goal. The goal of providing information through publication and, and talks is to share information that is highly applicable to the swine industry. And when a, a new virus is found that is a likely cause of reproductive failure, having that on your list of differentials, even if it is very low on your list of differentials based on the fact that it's probably not circulating in the U.S. currently, uh, it's good to know. Don't find anything, look a little harder. So Dr. Lee, how often do you get to identify a new virus in the lab? Is this something unusual or is this something that happens quite frequently? Not very often. Um, since uh, we established this lab in 2013, we found uh, about four to five new viruses, and but many viral variants. We found the post-nodal virus. Uh, it's a new species also. We found some... Um, a new Delta coronavirus uh, between the avian and the uh, swine Delta coronavirus. We found the Pecky virus. We found the many, many viral variants like PERS viral variant and the PDV variant. Yeah, many variants between recombination between the wild type and the vaccine strains. Another curious question, is there any work towards uh, developing a vaccine for this new virus, even though we don't have it in the U.S. yet? Are we thinking about that or is that another step or where are we at with that? The virus not yet isolated. We try to do something, but we plan to, to, do, to isolate the virus and to conform the pathogenicity of the pigs. Yeah, but we still have some some issue to solve it because we have not uh, a permit to do this yet. So in other words, that's that's farther down the road. We we have uh, lots of steps to take before we even think about doing a vaccine development. Is that what you're... Yes. For the future pathogenicity, uh, pathogenicity study, the pathogenesis study, for the diagnostic assay uh, development, uh, for the vaccine development, uh, we'd better have, 
have various eyes sort of yeah. One quick question that I would like to ask both of you. When you're working with a new virus, how do you go about deciding whether this is something that is important, something that isn't important, or something that needs further study? How do you qualify what you're working on into those categories? I think there's, for me, something is important in the swine industry if it's causing disease. Finding a new virus is great, but what is the impact on the pig and therefore on the producer? So for instance, with PCV3, what we did was go through retrospective studies, went back to cases that had been submitted over the years to see where it was and what impact it was having based on diagnostic cases. You could do something similar with any other agent that's detected and we have diagnostic cases associated with it. See, is it recurring and does it cause recurring case submissions from pigs within the United States? And on farms that it infects, what does their morbidity and mortality look like that compared to farms that are not infected or do not have, have clinical disease due to it? So for me, it's how do you know if something's important? Well, my baseline is, is it causing disease in a subset of individuals on that farm? If the answer is yes, well, then it's important and we probably need to know more about it. Yeah, I literally agree with Bailey because NGS is the method to detect pathogen. They cannot conform the pathogenicity. To conform the pathogenicity, we have to do the animal test. Like, of course, we also we did this in situ hybridization. This suggests something, but we really needed to do the animal test to completely conform the pathogenicity of this new virus. In the future. So I think uh, so often those of us that are producers in the U.S. do not realize how lucky we are to have the diagnostic capabilities that are available and more importantly the talented researchers that we have uh, available to us in learning about so many of these new things that we discover. So that, that's very important. I think at this point I'd just kind of like to wrap things up and would like for each of you to kind of explain to me Anything else that you think producers and their veterinarians need to know about POMV? And from that, um, is there anything else that we as producers and, and their veterinarians need to know about this? And also, why it's important to find this out? I think it would be good to understand if it is circulating within the United States. Uh, studies to evaluate that are, are currently being done. Additionally, as Dr. Lee has mentioned, virus isolation as well as animal inoculation studies. Uh, it would be awesome to be able to develop a model in that way. You're able to assess vaccine efficacy as well as develop ELISA ELISAs so that you can understand the seroprevalence as well as the immune response. All of those things are going to be needed if we want to control and prevent this virus if it is within the United States and or if it gets into the United States. Dr. Lee? Yeah, I think it's also good to know the host range of this new virus because many known mobility virus, uh, like, for example, the canine distemper virus has very broad host range. They can, like, infect the dogs, fox, wolf, mink, bear, bear, panda, Asia elephant, and even some primates, like Japanese monkeys. Also, it's good to know if this is zoonotic because some viruses in this family can infect humans, 
is zoonotic. So we do know yet, like, yeah, this is good for other, yeah, in the future to know, yeah to learn more about this. I think the two of you have been a perfect example of partly what Shiki is all about, learning more about new things that we don't know about to keep the U.S. swine herd. But it's also been really fun to talk to two young, really good uh, researchers that are, are out and doing things and protecting our herd. So those of us that are raising pigs can go home and raise pigs uh, in a confident manner because we know you guys have our backs. We, uh, we very much appreciate that. At this point, I think we've covered most of the questions I had. Is there anything either one of you would like to add? I guess I would just thank Schick for supporting research in emerging diseases so that we can get answers that help us prevent and control disease in, in swine. Dr. Lee, you have anything? I yeah, also very appreciate very much the support from the Sheik to do future studies. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate you taking time to talk to our audience about what's going on and this new virus. And you guys have our backs by doing the research and looking for things down the road for us. Thank you very much for joining us on Sheik Talk. And I'm Barb Detterman, and we appreciate all of you for taking time to listen. Learn more about our organization and our mission to protect the health of the U.S. swine herd at www.swinehealth.org.